What's going on, Modern Masculinity Family? It's CK. Wanted to give you a bit of a disclaimer. We are not answering last week's PQ this week. There was a more prevalent issue and topic at hand we wanted to discuss, specifically the concept of hashtag not all men and hashtag less women. So we brought that to you this week instead. Enjoy the episode. I would argue that this hashtag, you know, not all men, a lot of men, and I thought this at first, is it was protecting all of my aspects of my masculinity, not just my gender biases, not just my thought process of like, I'm not going to rape this girl or I'm not going to abuse her or whatever. It was also in the realm of like, I'm not a, a dominant man, you know, so not all men are that dominant or I'm not um, homophobic, not all men, you know, like the hashtags applicable everywhere. But the less women conversation is the more powerful one. And when he said that, I realized that shifts the mood. It shifts the mood. And it makes you think, oh, I got to stop. Why am I thinking about myself so much here? And that was where the responsibility started to come into play for me is I feel like for a second, I was like, well, you're, you're thinking pretty selfishly right now. Like, yeah, you, you aren't that. And that's fine. That's beautiful. But that's not what they're, that's not the, the direction. It's not what we're doing. You know, we're trying to get an aspect of less women being physically abused, being raped, being sexually assaulted. That's the goal here. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast space we created to help redefine what it means to be a powerful man in the modern era. I'm your co-host CK. And I'm Anwar Ahmed. And today we're going to be talking about a pretty large concept surrounding the hashtag not all men, also the hashtag hashtag less women. But before we do that, you know what time it is. Boo-check! Hey, yo, Coach Kyle. How you doing today, man? How you feeling? Let's go. Let's go. Today... I'm good. I got a great morning in. I was able to get some reading in. I was able to watch some footy. I was able to do my hair, which I messed up on. It's really, really short. You said do your hair. Cut my hair. I know. <laughs> There's nothing there to do. <laughs> I'm not definitely not do. I miss doing my hair. Yeah, I put in gel and what is the other thing Just that you blow guys- drying it? Blow drying. I used it. to blow dry it, okay. comb it. I have this thought of like I want to grow it all out to grow it long. But then I'm like, that's a long process from where I am. Yeah, we're at zero right now. We're at that's square some, zero. That's some, that's some tough transition times to go through, you know? That's like two season for the next six months. Yeah, and it's summer. Maybe like next winter, it's a good goal. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah going yeah. into summer. Maybe like into summer, I grow it out half, you know? Then it's like nice and like a good length for summer. I don't know. Who knows? Anyways, that was my morning. Um, and then my week <clears throat> was exhausting. My week was exhausting. There's a lot of things going on in the world that are taking up a lot of my energy and it's taking a lot of extra work to fill my own cup every day. And uh, a documentary came out about men's mental health, which was kind of like the centralized thing with the week that really felt like it just hit in a really powerful way. It talked about men's suicide and I have experience with that. So it was just, uh, it was wild. It was a wild week. I'm good today, and I, I feel like I'm in a good position today, which is nice, end of week, but um, it was a challenging week. It was a very challenging week. I can resonate with the the, the cup filling 
thing mm-hmm. that you were saying. Like it's, it, I feel like it is tough to fill your cup right now. You know, it is getting the weather's getting better. The restrictions are loosening up a little bit. Um, it looked like a, a, a better time out there this weekend. A lot more smiles, a lot more people just having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we can get kind of back to filling up your cup and, you know, get over kind of just the Uber and Netflix and the same things we've been doing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the, inf- I feel like, I don't know if anyone else is feeling like this, but I'm feeling like a lot of like information overload, to be honest. Hey, Amen. Oh, like I'm, I'm so ready to like run and hide from like the world in general. I just feel like topics are heavy. And we're about to get into another heavy topic today that I think that deserves the light and I think it deserves to be spoken about. But man, I so badly just want to run from the internet and Mm -hmm. just be in a box. And I feel like not only is the information coming at you fast, I feel like everyone expects you to need to know exactly every intricacy of every single detail. So by the time you get asked it, it's like, how did you miss it? It's been in your face. And I'm like, well, dude, there's so much things in my face. Give me time to process. Time just, to, there's an expectation I feel, which is probably similar, is like you you see it and then on like a snap of a dime, you're supposed to change. You know, all, everything you went through in your life, all the thoughts you have, they're just supposed to be gone because they're supposed to align with this. Mm-hmm. That's not reality. It's hard. I just made a post about this and I said, I want to go to my own private island. I think it's time, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time. And, you know, I feel like I really lately I've been really craving the idea of just, you know, getting off social media again, you know, deleting it, getting off of it. Just thinking about like, what do I think about things? Like, I feel like I'm carrying a lot of opinions that aren't mine Mm. right now, because when you get a lot of information, you don't even know what opinion you're holding. You're just grabbing on to whatever. And it's the idea of the process of trying to learn something. You're holding on to so many other opinions that you don't even you don't even have time to digest your own, you know. So I feel like sometimes when you get away, it allows you that time to digest. But man, right now, by the time you digest something, like 10 things have piled up. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's unbelievable the clip that we're getting information at. Mm-hmm. And from like racial realms, um, social justice realms, gender realms, political realms. Like we don't trust the government right now. Like we don't trust science right now. We don't trust like the police right now. We don't trust anybody <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? So it's just so exhausting. It's like, who do you trust? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who do you trust? What what outlet do you trust? Um, and if you're somebody who like processes information, you know, takes time takes more time to process information. Ooh, you you're feeling overloaded right now, and I'm definitely one of those people. It takes me time to kind of process things and understand things and form my own thoughts. And right now, I'm feeling like I got no opinions. I'm feeling like I got nowhere to go because um, mm-hmm. it's moving quick. It's and it makes it hard space. to feel like you're like there's a space you can trust yourself in because you're being challenged so many times. I feel like we're all in an identity crisis right now. And none of us know who we are, so we can't rely on ourselves. And I, I feel that all the time right now. Like, I don't know if I am fully relying on myself and my own truth to get to the decisions right now because every swipe I make is telling me to think differently, is telling mm-hmm. me to, to go and do homework on this and this and that. And it's just, it's wild. It's exhausting. Exhausting. Yeah, it's but how, how, how is Anwar? How is Anwar? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, other than, other than those, you know, things that are kind of, weighing on my mind i think that i'm perfect i'm i'm fine there's nothing wrong with me Mm. uh, individually i'm perfectly fine i think that you know there's a lot to be grateful for and i'm like just happy that i can continue to go to work and continue to have you know something to do something to keep my mind occupied um on the contrary there's just too many things occupying my mind i wish there was (laughs) less things occupying my mind where i can kind of just like relax and just sit into things so i think i've had a pretty lazy weekend um but overall i'm good 
Nice. I feel I feel I feel good. I feel I feel healthy. Um, Ramadan is coming up for me right away too, so I'm just mm. mentally preparing for that. Um, it's going to be long days, and uh, I think it's something that I want to consider. Maybe you know going offline for that. You know going offline for that month uh, and just focusing on you know the practice of Ramadan and the practice of fasting. Um, and so that's kind of those are the things that I'm thinking about right now and getting ready for and getting excited about. And my birthday is next month too, so mm. a lot of things are coming up. Nice. A lot of things are coming up next next month next month wild wow and for, for those that don't know and you know i'm not fully educated in the space describe more about like what ramadan is and what you what you do so ramadan is uh, an islamic practice um it, it goes for 30 days and it's basically essentially you're fasting from just life i think a lot of people think that it's just a food fast and it's just a water fast but you're ultimately supposed to be fasting from just the overstimulation of life and focusing on who you are getting back to that 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 root and getting back to just practicing the idea of faith and practicing the idea of um controlling your 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 own emotions and controlling your own thoughts and getting back to getting grounded it's really a grounding practice is really what it is and um it's a it's a month of service too it's a month that you're dedicating your priority to you know serving the person that you brought you into this world type of thing so um you are to like kind of you know fast from like uh, derogatory music and like things that are just like you know we listen to and we do all the all the time but it's just not good for your mind you know and focusing on just finding that 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 harmony within yourself uh essentially so it's a very cool time of the month um a, a cool time of the year for for muslims as a whole um at the end of it we have this big celebration called eid so um it's a great time to be around family and a great time to kind of um, unify as a group um and i think that as I get older and older, I'm starting to appreciate and respect that that period more and more. Before it was, can I fast? Can I do the no water? Can I do the no food? And now I'm starting to really appreciate the other parts of it, the mental fast. You know, the um, what am I consuming during that month? And it, you know, what am I? What is the literature that I'm reading that month? And how am I focusing on making this month the best grounding practice? Um, and it's cool to know that there's a month a year that I do that, um, mm-hmm. and I can and I can get more diligent about how I do it. You know. Um, last year was the hardest one because I couldn't, I had no distractions. It was the, it was in the middle of, it was the middle of COVID peak COVID too. And we didn't really know what it was. So you were literally just going to the grocery store, coming back. There wasn't like, yeah, you can go flights and some people quarantine and some people don't. And the new rules that we live in today where, um, some people wear a mask and some people don't wear a mask, but back then it was peak. So it was like, you couldn't go hide from it. It was, I was actually in my apartment for 30 days not eating and really having to think about what am I thinking about? What am I not thinking about? What am I going to do? What am I not going to do? Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to, to have that month. I'm going to see, I'm going to see what that means for me, uh, how I want to do it, but I'm excited to kind of plan around it. Nonetheless. Love that. Appreciate that explanation. I've been informed before about what it is, but like that was, I think the most like intricate and more intentional explanation. So I appreciate that. I think myself and a lot of people listening are going to appreciate that. Just to clarify, you don't fast for 30 days straight. You eat at some point, right? Yeah, it's dawn till dusk. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. sunrise, sunset. Gotcha. So like before it peaks, before it even comes up, you're allowed to eat before that. Mm-hmm. Once it's fully down, you can eat. Right. Gotcha. No water, no food. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's a dry fast. Dry fast. Wild. Okay. I've fasted before and, and water is my goat. Like I can't, I feel like I can't do it without water. Yeah, that's so the hardest part. It's the water, yeah. Is the water part. The Wild. Uh, 
it's the that's the part that like when you're drinking water that's why like when i do a normal fast or intermittent fasting I, it's comical to me like that that's i can mm. like i can do this in my sleep like you're getting me i can have a cup of coffee and oh, water makes sense now every time i tell this guy i'm fasting he's just like oh yeah cool like it's nothing and i'm like dude i just did 24 hours of no food like come on now yeah, it makes sense because yeah, you're green a pro tea coffee like Jeez. water it's, a, it's the luxury life <laughs> um it's also just like super hard to like not feel dehydrated because you can't get enough water in because your stomach is shrinking. So like if you drink three liters of water, there's no room for food and you want to get the food in. So it's like this fight between trying to get like you have to really time it out. And it's 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 an art. It's an art to kind of maintain the 30 days. But um, I love it. It's a, it's a cool practice. I really like it. Love that. Beautiful. All right, so getting into today's podcast, today's episode, the concept of this wild, wild world we live in and all the movements that we were talking about earlier. There's a big one that's coming up that we wanted to talk about, which is a specific hashtag that just came out. And the hashtag is not all men. Not all men. Now, this is obviously in response to, from where I stand and my perspective, the what seems to be never ending prejudice against women in regards to like physical abuse and aggression and stalking and scare tactics. Um, it's, it's been wild. And for me, for my hometown, for those that are in Calgary listening to this right now, um, you can relate wholeheartedly because it, I feel like there's a new incident every single day. And every single time I open up my phone, someone's sharing a new story about it. And I don't know if it's because maybe more people feel like it, they can, and then it'll get, you know, um, a little bit more recognition, not recognition, like appraisal, but just pe- people will be more aware if they share their story. Um, but it's happening. Like I said, what feels like every single day. And so where I see it coming up now is that men are being really triggered by this because we feel that we've been put into a box as a whole as men in general. Mm-hmm. So, getting into it you've obviously heard of the statement not all men what was there a point where you feel like you aligned with that for a second or do you feel like what where do you stand with not all men just in general like if you just heard this not all men in response to all the stuff going on what are your initial thoughts what came up i think that what like what comes up is that it's it's it feels like it's to protect the people that the men that aren't like that Right. It almost feels like it's something to be like, yeah, but not all of us are like that. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're worried about being all put in a bucket of such a malicious activity. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then one can also argue that it's also deflective. It also deflects the, the, the uncomfortable conversation that we need to have about why this is even coming up, you know. But for me, in terms of kind of where I when I first heard it. it it was more so on the other side of things where it's to kind of protect yourself from being put in a group of a category of men that is their behavior is just, you can't even explain it. You know, it's almost, it's painful to hear some of these women's stories. And like when you hear a woman say that, like there's so much that goes through her mind when she's, you know, she's like carrying a lot of paranoia about being out. And she's telling me, for example, my reaction is well, I, not, not all men. Cause I'm thinking, I'm just using my own lens. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking if there's a, if there's a million of me's around, then why would you be so paranoid? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
But then you have to also realize within that same statement that there's probably not a million of views around, right? If that's the paranoia that's going on, then I can't give advice based on, you know, who I am as a person, because I feel like if there was a bunch of, you know, people who thought like me there, then I'm like, that's ridiculous that you think that, you know, you're going to get kidnapped at like seven o'clock or that you every day, every time you go outside, you're scared something is going to happen. I'm like, what? I don't even understand that because not all men, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like I'm so in the, what are you kidding? Are you seriously? Like every time you go out, you're thinking about that. But then you have to be like, okay, let's stop that for a sec. Okay, if that's not where the hashtag is coming from, then what's the other side of it? And the other side to me is the deflection of, you know, having to deal with a very, very uncomfortable conversation. Mm. You know, like you hear it and right away you're like, well, not all men are like that. You know what I mean? It's a very deflective, it's a very deflective way of kind of getting off of the subject at hand. And so to me, I feel like those are the kind of two areas that I, I happen to be more on one side. Like I hear it from the side of, man, don't put us all in that camp. That is a horrible camp to be in, you know? Um, and we're not all like that. But that doesn't, that doesn't solve the problem. That doesn't solve, you know, the hashtag really not all men. It doesn't really address the, the situation at hand. And so I feel like it's a lot more deflective than it comes off as, you know, protective of your the men who are good or the men who don't believe they belong in that camp mm. i think it really screams a lot more of like um same with the remember when the black lives matter movement came out and then the the but then people were coming out with the but all lives, all matter. lives matter it's yeah. like uh, yeah all lives matter but not right now you know what mm. i mean like that's not that's not the, that's not the vibe we're trying to right now black lives don't matter and until black lives matter all lives can't matter. And to me, this is the same kind of sentiment of like, you, sure, I understand you're coming to a conclusion of, yeah, not all men are like that, but there are men that are like that. So let's just deal with that. And let's address that conversation instead of bringing this hashtag to the forefront. But that's just my immediate first feeling of, you know, how that kind of resonates with me. And maybe it's because I'm more willing to have an uncomfortable conversation. So maybe that's why I feel like, Hey, let's not bring it. Let's not bring a deflective hashtag into this. Let's like, okay, let's, you know, let's talk about it. Let's have a, you know, and maybe it's because I'm more comfortable with having an uncomfortable conversation because I know I don't need to protect my, who I am because I know who I am. Mm. But how does it land for you? At first, before the hashtag even came out, when this was, this is probably a month, maybe two months ago where it just seemed like this was coming up more and now we're at what I feel like is like just the peak media coverage almost of it all. Before that, I felt like I fell in that camp a little bit. I think I definitely fell into the camp of feeling like, like I don't know if I felt it for myself necessarily or if I felt it for the people in my life. Because if I look at my immediate circle, I'm confident in the fact that not a single one of them and, you know, I'm not saying there's four or five of them, like the larger, the larger circle, that not a single one of them would ever partake in an act, activity like that. Not one. Not even if um, they were asked to by some other friend on the other side of their circle. I just, it just wouldn't happen. And so when I came across this space of not all men, I feel like before that I was having a bit of a battle with my mind of like, there has to be some sort of outlook that is just less attack uh, less less attacking mm -hmm. and less aggressive towards men 
And the reason also why I felt that way too is because we're going through a huge masculinity um, phase right now where we're being challenged as men to figure out our masculinity. So this was, this is an extension off of that. And so I just feel like the reason I, in a, in a sense, and it's not to say that I do agree, but in a moment I did for before I really gave it some good thought, when I agreed with this concept of hashtag not all men, it was, it was just, it was protective of myself because I know I'm not there. I know that's not me. Uh, it was my ego for sure. It was protective of my friends because I don't think they deserve to be attacked. And then it was protective of all the men that I've met that, again, I just I don't want them to be put into this camp. It was a very empathetic approach. And then very much similar to your experience. Things progressed. I gave it more thought. I read more stuff. I did a little bit more research. I tried to understand it more and see what was happening and listening from both sides. I think that's a big part where I know for some of the people I'm closest with that we're not listening to both sides. We're very much staying into like, you know, the man space. Let's hear what men have to say. And mm -hmm. because I'm a man, I'm just going to align with them because we all think the same in a way, right? Like we're all going to agree that it's not all of us. And after again, having more of that research time, I came across uh, Justin Baldoni who runs, I think it's, we are man enough account. And he wrote a book on masculinity that just came out and he has a Ted talk about it as well. I, I believe that's his last name. And he made an IGTV and it was really brief. And he basically said, listen guys, I just went off on Twitter. I went crazy, I went wild because of a hashtag that came out that was called not all men. And all I could think about was why is the hashtag not hashtag less women? And when I saw that, that was my turning point where I said to myself, so a man came up with that less women hashtag that's, or did he just piggyback? Off I don't it? know if he made it or if he piggybacked off it. I just first saw it from him. Um, he started speaking into existence, into the man space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think that's where I take charge. And maybe a lot of people listening to this right now don't know that their hashtag exists of hashtag less women because you know, we're, we're attacking the not all men hashtag. Right. But the reason that he was so abrasive, with it and something that I have learned to align with is that we're trying to almost neglect responsibility with the hashtag not all men and not just our own responsibility, right? But we know the responsibility of our friends and the responsibility of all the things we used to say and the things we continue to say. And, you know, I would argue that this hashtag, you know, not all men, a lot of men, and I thought this at first is it was protecting all of my aspects of my masculinity, not just my gender biases not just my thought process of like, I'm not going to rape this girl or I'm not going to abuse her or whatever. It was also in the realm of like, I'm not a, a dominant man, you know? So not all men are that dominant or I'm not um, homophobic, not all men, you know, like the hashtags applicable everywhere, but the less women conversation is the more powerful one. And when he said that, I realized that shifts the mood, it shifts the mood and it makes you think, Oh, I got to stop. Why am I thinking about myself so much here? And that was where the responsibility started to come into play for me is I feel like if for a second I was like, well, you're, you're thinking pretty selfishly right now. Like, yeah, you, you aren't that and that's fine. That's beautiful. But that's not what they're, that's not the, the direction. It's not what we're doing. You know, we're trying to get an aspect of less women being physically abused, being raped, being sexually assaulted. That's the goal here. That's the outcome that we're looking for. And so it was just a bit of a process for me to get there. And again, it's not to say that I've ever agreed with sexual assault or what have you. It was just, that was the process that came mm -hmm. through my mind. That's how I 
I tacked it, thankfully, Justin Baldoni um, is sharing some wisdom. So that's kind of where I aligned with it. Well, I feel like you heard him at separate times too, which allowed you to kind of have two different experiences. Mm. Like you heard the not all men, and then you had time with that, and then the hashtag less women came. So you kind of had a full experience of like, yeah, not all men. Mm -hmm. And then wait a second. Yeah, maybe less women is a little bit more important. Um, I came to the space at the exact same time. I heard about the less woman as a counter to the not all men. So then I had to go into the not all men information, figure out why they created that and then figure out where the last one. So I, I got to kind of see them both at the exact same time, which is probably why I came to my conclusion a little bit quicker. Um, but then in also in the, there's a little bit of an undertone that's going on in the not all men space um, that there is this attacking feeling that's coming from the, that almost makes you feel like you need to put up a not all men kind of statement. That is the one thing that I'll say is that there is this weird feeling because I've been around, you know, these conversations with, um, you know, women where in the conversation, even though I'm not the, the, the silhouette that they're talking about, I'm feeling attacked mm. within the conversation I'm having with this, with a female. I'm like, I, I get you're making your point, but right now in this conversation, I feel attacked and I'm not even, and yeah. I'm not even the guy that you're talking about or the man that you're describing, but it's almost feeling like even to even to men who get it, even to men who are switched on to this idea of less women, we're even being attacked with some of the, it's almost like, I don't care, but I also understand because it's to have to use trauma and pain to explain to someone what you're going through and to still not have it validated and mm. be like, but what did you do to deserve it? And all of, it's going to create a feeling of I'm pissed at all of you guys, you know, or of all men. Um, because, and this is going to be a good, you know, trampoline to the next situation is that by being a perpetrator or a victim, the person we're not talking about is the bystander. Mm -hmm. Right. And right now women, they don't respect us because we've been bystanders and have not done nothing about people that we see doing misogynistic things mm -hmm. right like it's so as a woman you're like yeah to me i do see you as them because yeah you're not participating but you're also not saying anything mm. so i actually am attacking you as well and then that makes you have to ask yourself and hold the mirror up to yourself of being like instead of feeling like wow you're i feel like you're attacking me too being like how do i get myself out of being someone who is attacked i gotta go out and now speak up about it and that's the kind of chapter that we're in now. You know, I feel like the chapter that we're in now to actually make less women make that hashtag stand for something. There's got to be these the bystanders need to step up. Mm. The bystanders of watching these, you know, bros before hoes movements, the bystanders of watching behavior that is and you know and like real quick there's other things in life that aren't helping either. Like Hollywood doesn't help this situation. I was just about to bring right, that like, up. There's, there's so many things that don't help. Like when you look out, <gasps> there's so much like just everyday restaurants. <laughs> like, like there's just every day. Go to like you could just step out and see it every day. Like we've worked in restaurants that you, you can't be a male or a female in this area of the restaurant because it's specialized <laughs> for. Right. Like, bro, it's everywhere. It's actually everywhere. 
So there's like a bigger conversation there too. You know what I mean? hundred percent. But yeah, you were about to say something like, go ahead. Like, yeah, I was going to say like a huge caveat to the whole process is, is the, the fact that we're attacking like a, a person and we're neglecting like a social construct along the process. A lot of men are just aligning with what they're seeing in mainstream media that is all, almost always false and movies. We live our life based on movies. And the reason I even bring this up is because, well, if you think of fairy tales, right? We think of our love lives as fairy tales. We always have because we've watched them as kids. So women are looking for this, you know, knight in shining armor, armor that's going to come and protect them and save them and do all these things, right? Not all women. All right? I don't want, I want to generalize, but that's that's the caveat of fairy tales. Fairy tales mm-hmm. are actually really bad for our relationship mentality. Really bad. On the other side of it, I came across this post that was assuming that all men in locker rooms talk shit about women's bodies and talk all about this their, their sexual lives with all the men in the locker rooms. And I read through the comments and obviously the men are feeling a little attacked by that, but most a lot of men were like, stop getting your information from movies because that doesn't happen. When we're in the locker room, we're talking about the game. We're getting ready for the game. And I thought about all of my moments in the locker room and I can't think of one where I was talking that way. But that I know is seen in movies, right? And that's where a lot of the idea that we're actually being bystanders is coming from because movies portray this, <clears throat> excuse me, this like conversation, this derogatory space that um, maybe once existed, sure. Um, but all of the men in the locker room aren't saying anything, right? And there's only there's usually only a select few. I think if I there was ever a moment, maybe it was in junior high when that was, I don't know, we were children, I guess, really. Um, there would have been like two. One guy talking to another guy really loudly, probably trying to get attention, talking about the time they had their first moment of sex, you know? Outside of that, never dealt with that before. Never seen that, never been a part of that, never had to be a bystander to that kind of conversation in a locker room. But they came from a movie. So it's hard for the conversation always to be like assumption based on top of all of that. What I would prefer for myself is if we're going to go into this space that if something happens like that to the people that are in your life, just be, just be willing to have the conversation. Like I would love to just have conversations with people in my life that think that way. And then I can express, look, I've never seen that before. And they can be like, Oh, really interesting. And then we can work on like a common ground. However, I know this voice needs to be loud right now and I'm in full support of it. Um, but I just think that some of the ways that are being approached is a challenge. And unfortunately, like you said, a lot's come from Hollywood, a lot's coming from the movie and media realm. And there's just like, there's just a very thin line between like this, the people that fit into the camp of what's going on and a good guy. Mm. Like there's such a thin line. Right. It's like the, <laughs> yeah. the line is so thin between you're you're someone who's involved in that because you're a bystander, you're around it, you're uh, and like for the longest time being a good man was just to not to participate in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing. Here's a here's a really cool, interesting like perspective that I that I got. How many men don't participate in any of that behavior, but not because they actually value and respect women but because they're worried about ruining their own reputation of being put in that camp. Mm. Say that let, again. Let that resonate. Say that again. How many men are out there and their behavior is not 
predicated on I value and respect women, but it's actually more to protect my reputation of not being put in a me too camp, not being put in. So I actually, my behavior, how I act in the world mm. is, is good, is noble, but it's not because I'm against those things. It's just my reputation. I can't, ha I can't have that jeopardized. Mm. So when I come into those moments, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do this not because I respect you, but because if I do this and I get busted for it, I'll be looked at. I'll be, I'll, my whole reputation is dead. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be part of the Me Too camp. And then what does that mean for my future? What is that? And I think that there's a lot of men, you should challenge yourself on that thought in itself. Stop acting to protect your reputation. Act to respect and value the other person, right? Like your ability to not do those things shouldn't be, because of your ego it shouldn't be because you're worried about being in a me too camp. It should be because you genuinely respect and value women. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing you were kind of saying with the raising children. It's like, don't raise children. Don't have a children to develop your legacy, mm. raise children because you want to raise children. Right. You want to bring good people into this world. Yeah. Take yourself out of the equation for a get, second. Yeah. Get you out. Right. And I think that that's an interesting conversation because I think that if we want to speak to, because it's very obvious to speak to, the horrible men like uh, to me it's like what, what are you doing mm. you know the horrible men are the horrible men and like their their time is coming but there's there's problems within the good men camp one we're not speaking out loud two some of us are only good because we're protecting our reputation we don't actually give a shit about respecting women and value we're like i'm just not going to get involved because i don't want to ruin my chances of where i'm going mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily the right mind state that's not that's not going to help the less women moving because if you're thinking like that that already says you're not going to speak up mm -hmm. because you don't actually respect or value women you just don't want to be involved because you're protecting your reputation mm -hmm. tough important questions to ask yourself a very interesting way to think about it mm -hmm. you know because it's not as black and white as you know I will step in if I see a girl getting raped. I think I'm, I think many men would be like, if some, if I see it, I'm gonna step in and make sure that that doesn't go down. But if I heard it and it's he said and she said, like, do I believe it? Do I like? Am I gonna go against the guy that I've been with my whole entire life? Like, there's all these other questions that we're we're asking or we're putting ourselves into. It's like more importantly, man, ask yourself a better question. Mm. Do you respect women? Yes or no? And if you do, all these movements will make more sense to you, mm -hmm. right? And I want to bring up my example I gave in a, in a previous podcast because what you just mentioned here was the idea that if you know if we see some a woman being raped or sexually assaulted, we would speak up and say something, or we would go do something about it. While I believe that's a beautiful gesture, um, I do challenge the actual concept of all of the men out there actually doing that. I, I think we'd like to think we would. We would love to, and I'm, I'm a prime example. Not that I've seen someone be sexually assaulted and done nothing. That the example I gave in a previous podcast about being outside of a McDonald's, right? Some guy calling this girl a bitch, screaming that out loud, and not a single one of the eight men, including myself, around this whole space said a single word. While all of them probably in their head had this similar thought to me of like, he did not just say that, not a single one of us said anything. And now from my character standpoint, I've talked about this. I really regret that decision. And I, that haunts me like that, especially with everything that's going on. I think about that at least a couple times a week because I hate that that was the way it went down. But before that, I would be inclined to say that I prided or was very proud of the person I was in the sense that I believed I would. And so where I think the challenge is, is that, you know, 
a lot of men aren't actually coming across any situation to ever actually feel like, oh, should I do something? Should I not? I don't know. And mm -hmm. so we're talking about it, but we don't actually know if we're going to do something. And I think that's where a bit of the challenge comes in is there's this high expectation that we're supposed to like know what to do and some, sometimes always do it. But the, the body responds the way the body responds, right? If you are, um, you know, let's say drowning for the first time, you've never been in water, all of a sudden you're drowning. There's a high chance your body will do something uh, that's in either in the fight, fl flight or freeze zone, right? It's panicking. There was a story that I, I came across that was something similar where the first time you are in a response, your body's not going to know what to do with it. It's in a traumatic response. It's gonna, not going to know what to do. So there's a high chance it will just freeze. That's the most common one. It's not going to fight. It's not going to go anywhere. It's going to freeze because it has no idea what to do. Your body hasn't experienced this before. That's what I did. In that moment, I froze. I froze. I probably didn't move. I probably walked away maybe, but not before I froze. And now that I'm outside of that space, I know what that feeling is and I'll be able to navigate that. My body will know, but I, there's only so much a traumatic like body response we have control over. That's the challenge. And so I'm not saying everybody needs to be in that situation, but what I am saying is, is that when you come across or have in the past and you didn't do anything about that, all I'm saying is to do what I'm trying to do is just be better at the following time. Because we're not going to be able to get it perfectly every single time. And that's an expectation I feel is like I have to be perfect every single time. Now, again, sexual assault, rape, things like that. I would hope and pray that I would get involved. Absolutely. I, I literally like there was nothing more that I would want to do in that moment. Mentally, physically, I don't know what my body's going to do. I don't know. So I'm going to have to do my best to try to prepare myself for that moment mentally, which I think this movement is doing. Um, but a situation came up in Calgary one time a couple days ago where a girl left a party. She's driving home by herself. Um, a bunch of people left the party at the same time. So they were all driving around. She took a turn different from everybody else, started to drive home. She hit a red light and a car pulled up beside her that apparently was following her. And at this red light, all four guys got out of the car next to her and tried to get into her car. All four. In that moment, if I'm behind, I'm concerned I wouldn't get out. I don't know what I would do because now I'm also, I feel like I'm fearing my own life at that point too, right? And I'm not to say that like there's an imbalance of, of value, but it's a fair question, I believe, is there's also like basically coming full circle is we're thinking obviously a lot in this generation of ourselves. And in that moment, I think there's a chance that I would be also considering myself in the equation um, and I don't know what I would do. And that's probably going to sound off to a lot of people, but that's my honest response um, is I hoped in God that I would be able to at least get out, scream or tell her to drive away or call the cops. Um, but I've never been in that position before. So I'm, I would say like in, in an essence, like I just want everyone to kind of just be open to this idea, I guess, that it's not going to go perfectly every time that we're not going to be able to have that courage and the bravery every single time, even though it is a human concept. Um, there is a lot of like inner mental inner traumas and inner experiences that are a bit harder to work through sometimes. Um, and so that's why I'm saying the conversations are way better to have with people about them. And that's why I think everybody needs therapy, <laughs> including myself, to be able to get past those things. So then you are able to take action in those spaces. And, and less freezing will happen, right? And less freezing, exactly. You know, I've, I've always, you know, from any kind of presentation I'm ever giving or sports or, 
you know, I, 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 things happen twice. They happen first in your mind and then they happen in real life, right? So if you're having conversations about things and you're picturing scenarios, you're picturing things, then when they show up, there's less of a freeze moment, right? Because you maybe have thought about that situation before. You maybe have thought about speaking up in a right. time where like you're not, you got to live the McDonald's thing and you visualize it so much and you know how it makes you feel. You're almost ready for your next McDonald's moment, mm -hmm. right? Like you're ready to be who you want to be in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of things in life, like so many people try to think that like you can think about how things are going to go as well. You don't have to experience everything. Mm -hmm. You can mentally prepare for things, right? Absolutely. And that's what I was going to add to that because I recognize as I was expressing this, there's probably a vibe coming across that um, I'm too concerned with how I would respond rather than just responding and supporting. And I think where it comes down to what you just said is the preparation of the the research and the conversations and knowing about the details of certain situations and actually putting an investment of, t of your time, very much like the Black Lives Matter movement where I didn't feel like I knew enough and I knew I didn't know enough. So I invested my time into that. I listened to more podcasts, I listened to more voices, I opened myself up because before that I knew all lives mattered. But in that moment, I didn't know enough about black lives and I needed to figure out what that meant and how that worked. And so I invested all of my time. This is the same thing. We're trying to say women's lives matter. And we have other people saying all lives matter. And so now it's like, okay, we'll find out more about their situation and take yourself out of the equation and what they actually have to worry about. When I found out the list of things that they think about, Dude, it's just going from a building to a car. And you know what's wild about it too is we knew, we just didn't acknowledge it. If you think about the relationships that you've had, everybody's listening. How many times have you know that your girl is either out or she's walking down the street or she's going to her car and you're worried? Uh, for me, all the time. If someone is getting trying to get home, I'm like, please call me when you're home or stay on the phone with me while you're on your way home or, um, you know, be safe here or there. We're not concerned. Like what, In that moment, I think what we neglect to understand is. But if your boy leaves, you're like, see you, man. You don't even care if he texts you when he gets home. Yeah, you're, you're like, good, hey, bro. You're good. Yeah, see you. Right. Get but to the other end. I'll see. You. I'll see you next week. Right. Never do you ever just be like, if you're a, a female friend of yours is leaving, you'd be like, hey, make sure you message me when you get home. Right. There's a worry of like, concern, and what we I don't think process in that moment is that we're worried and concerned about a man doing something to her. That is where the actual worry and concern is. We're not. Why? What else would we fear her safety? She's gonna get in a car accident. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about someone pulling up on her. I'm worried about somebody getting from where she needs to get to her car, to her condo, being in her parkade. That's what I'm worried about. But I don't, I think I've fully acknowledged that until this whole like actual awakening moment, this healing moment where that was what I was always concerned about, right? It was, it was a man of my safety. Same thing with myself walking down the downtown core the, and at middle of the night. I'm not worried about anything if I am other than a group of guys jumping me or robbing me or mugging me. That's what I would be worried about, if anything, right? And that's where I think is the eye-opening aspect for me was, is that and did you I hear, thought did, about this already. And did you hear what you said? You said a group of guys. So that means in your mind, you're not really worried about one-on-one. -on -one. Like you're not worried, you're True. thinking about a group. So if you just picture now a woman leaving, one is good enough for her to be scared. Absolutely. One individual is good enough for her to be scared, right? Which just shows the difference of thinking. Like. Mm -hmm. The amount, of, the amount of women that I know that like, they get in a car and they wanna lock the door right away. They get in the car, they could be, the temperature could be how they want, they don't wanna roll, up, roll down the window because they're like, no, nah, I'm gonna leave it up. Mm -hmm. Like, 
they think about certain things that like, um, and I, I can speak to it in the terms of like in race, there are certain things that like a black parent has to tell their black child, right. different instructions going to the exact same place. Right. So in, I feel like as a, as a, as a society, we need to work on why, why is there different instructions for certain people? Why are women thinking about different things than we are? And what are we doing to contribute to that thinking? You know, mm-hmm. what are we doing to contribute to the thinking of why does a black person's rule book have to look different or why are they thinking about different things? So if we both get pulled over by the cops, why is my, how I'm going to deal with getting pulled over by the cops if I'm in the States, for example, going to be different than how you pull up to the cops? Like, why should it be different? And why, like, in that why is answers, mm. right? What are we thinking about? Then you can point it to a problem, right? The fact that women will lock their doors, the fact that women will, like, think about certain things when they're walking, like, how, which, how they kind of, if a man's walking behind them, how they would react, how would they respond? Like, all those things just point to problems. They mm-hmm. point to problems that we need to contribute to. And I think that, I'll share a story here to kind of, you know, bridge the gap to kind of like, it also made me think about things that are like, sometimes we get into this black and white area of like, it has to be rape and sexual assault for it to be like leading and trending in that direction. Right, for us to do something about it. It's gotta be so bad, right? But there's these like, and same with like, the, we keep bringing the race, entertaining race, because I feel like race, there's a little bit of like a, it helps land a little bit. Um, right. Because there's the people that go out there and say straight up racist stuff. And then there's the people that don't say racist things, but they have racist intentions. Mm. There's the people that sexually assault. And there's the people that don't sexually assault, but they do things that kind of scratch the surface of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Harassment, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. And we don't treat them the same. We don't see harassment and go, oh, he went too far. But we see sexual assault and we go, man, you went too far. We can't separate them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just they're it's oranges and apples. You know what I mean? It's 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 they're fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of this that I'll share is I was I was traveling in Europe and I got to London and I'm with a couple of friends and we went to um, this show. We watched this really cool show. And after the show, we left the and a couple of people from the show that were actually in the show came out the back. We were like, well, that's crazy. They were like in the show. We went out to, we're like, oh, you guys killed it. That was sick. Like, we got to know, they're like, oh, where are you guys from? Like, we're from Canada. Like, let's show you around. Like, sweet. You're traveling, free spirit. You're doing whatever. And so we go with them. They show us, they take us to a couple cool places. But it was a very, like, it was a Sunday night, I think. So, like, a lot of places were closed. So, one of them suggested, hey, I'm like, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a gay bar, but like, like the gay bar is open. It's really cool. You should come check it out. We were just being open minded. We're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. I'd never been to a gay bar before. And so I go and we're getting ID'd and stuff. It's a normal club, you get in there, but the environment's different, right? I, I've never been in an environment where I was equally being looked at as, like I was getting approached now, right? Cause I'm in a gay bar. You could be, you could be like, you know, straight, uh, but they're gonna ask, they're gonna come up to you, they're gonna inquire. So now I'm in the first time in my life, I'm in a female's position and I've never been in this position before, right? So I enter this bar and I'm just looking around, looking at the music and hanging out with my friends. We're trying to find a little area to go. So I get to this little area and somebody comes up from behind me and grabs me from behind and starts like whispering in my ear. And this person is a lot stronger than me. They're bigger than me. They're, they're around, like they're literally hugging me from behind and they're like, hey, how are you doing? They're just trying to get to know me, 
But I remember being like, what are you doing? Like, why are you on me like this? And, the, and, and he's stronger than me too. So I'm kind of like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not into that. Like, you know, it's not, I'm sorry. I'm, again, I'm just here with my friend, blah, blah, blah. And then my other friend stepped in and were like, no, 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 he's with us. And they kind of like got him off. And it was the first time in my life I had seen my actions clear as day. I was like, oh my God. Is that what have I, I've been doing that? That is a very uncomfortable position to be in. When I don't know who you are and you've now come up from behind me, I can't even see you. I was like sneak attacked on and you're like, and you're not whispering horrible things to me, but like, it's like, I feel like I'm in a vice grip. Like, I feel like I can't really. And so I have to be nice to you because I don't know what if I overreact or whatever. And I was trying to be calm. I was like, I was looking my friend dead in the eye and I was just like, hey man, no, you know what I mean? And it happened two, three more times that night where it wasn't the abrasive like grab behind the back, but someone came up to me face to face and like like touched my face and like just just casual touching left, right, just hey, how you doing? Like, and I was just like, Whoa, man, what is going on here? Like can you just have a conversation with me front to front? Why are you, why are you touching? Like, why are you touching me? Like, can we just have a conversation? But like in a flash, I saw every single one of my moments in my life, like quick. I was like, bro, I've been doing this my whole life. That is wild. I've been doing this my whole life. What an eye-opening experience. I, I don't even really know what to say to you. That's wild. And it was in that moment where I realized that, oh, I need to, there needs to be a, I need to approach you in a way that makes you feel safe. And then that can lead to something, but right. I can't just be coming up to people and acting as if my stature is more important than their space and their environment and whatever they're. And so that experience to me carried a lot of weight and it changed my whole perspective on how I kind of even approach a conversation like that with a female or how I try to, you know, engage in a conversation or just that. And the amount of people that, I know just think that that's okay and think mm. that that's fine. And it's my thing is that that whole experience at that bar, none of it was malicious. Zero of it was malicious. It was all actually flattering. Like mm. it was people's interest. You know what I mean? Right. And it, it felt very unsafe. It felt very uncomfortable. Like it, the way it felt, the way it like was just like, it was like, it, it made me feel like, like don't, like I was like, it made me feel defensive, like right away, even though I knew you didn't have any ill will, you know? Mm. And so that experience is like one experience that I've always carried so close that I've just always was able to see that, hey, it's not all the time sexual assault. It's, it's these little moments that are also unsafe, that right. also feel to them, even though you're positive, to them, it feels like, it, it could lead to this. Right. Because if you could do it, if you could come up to me and with all your optimism and all your positiveness and grip me like this, well then frick, what if this goes south? Mm. Can I even reject this person when I'm in this vice grip right now? Right? Things to just kind of be aware of. Yeah, there's better ways to go about the idea of like showing interest. And I think that's where I think about a lot of situations from restaurants where the hand on the lower back moment, like how often does that happen? It's outrageous and outlandish. However, I can't say I'm off the hook. I can't. Um, however, I've never felt like it was in an unsafe space. And I think a lot of guys 
you know, not to attack the men out there, but they're just not paying attention to those those things. And so the dominant man gets Or they don't know how it's being triggered. felt. Or they like, don't know how it's being felt. Exactly. Like there's not a mutual safe space created. So they're just like, um, hey, like, you know, a, a nice little hand touch behind the back or something. Like it's, I think there's just, there's so many better ways for us to go about things like that. And a lot of it just has to do with using our words. You know, like it's just communication. The challenge is we're taught to communicate physically. We have since we were children, we have traditionally. And I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm saying that's what we were taught. We were taught to handle things in a physical way, whether it is getting what I want or making sure I, you know I'm more dominant than you or um, sports or wrestling. If I'm stronger than you, I'm better than you. And that culture is still present, which is a big component of why everything is happening right now is this idea that we need to be physically dominant over everything in our lives. So we just, we touch and we feel we're often very kinesthetic in that sense. And that's something I, you know, for me, I had to pay attention to because again, I never felt like I was doing it in a safe space. Not that I ever really knew if it was or not, or if it was being perceived that way, but I had to recognize, I'm like, why did I feel it necessary to touch her lower back? What, what, what in me made me feel like that was okay? Because what is that was because other people did it? Is because of what I've seen other people do? When did I even come to that idea of like these little nuances that a lot of women are not okay with? I'll, the majority of women are not okay with. When did I even adopt that? How did I adopt that? You know, I think that's where I never really recognized. It's kind of like the concept of when did I become a real man? Because I don't know the answer to that question or I didn't. It's the same thing. These things that we've adopted or are doing, where where did we get them from? I think we just see them, right? We just see them and we see them in a light that... So we're so, just conditioned by other men's behavior, I guess, right? Yeah, you just like... What seems acceptable. Yeah, you just you just don't think that like, you know, because a lot of like a lot of men too, it's like you don't like you don't have any negative intentions. No. So it's like you, it's hard for you to like understand how you're like coming up behind someone and like, you know, going to someone and just being like, Hey, like, Hey, I wanted to talk to you or like, I wanted to, but we don't understand that, that, that gesture, how it's being perceived in like all her spectrums. Cause we're only men, right? Like we mm. only understand our visual of it is I'm going to go do this. I'm a good person. I'm not going to do anything negative. Um, and then it's hard to like, then later unsee what you did and see it in a negative light. You're like, I didn't do that negatively. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that with, I, I did that with like, I actually was interested in having a conversation with you. Right. And it's not until that gets challenged that you're like, Oh, okay. Maybe I should find words then, mm -hmm. you know, maybe this, you know, I didn't know that you were locking your door every day. I didn't know that, you know, you thought these things when you walked outside, mm -hmm. it's that awareness of being able to be, Oh, okay. It's clear that, you know, being a man, physic being physical, being dominant, like those are our powers. Those are some of the things that we carry. So how are we not using those things to create unsafe environments for people? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Whether you think it's whether you think you're in a good intention space or a bad intention space, how do you create an environment that does isn't physical or isn't dominant mm -hmm. so that the other person feels like they have a choice? Um yeah, absolutely. Because their response a lot of the time is for their safety, not for their, not for what they actually want. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause if you come up from behind somebody and you're, you're trying to like flirt with them and you're That's being point. like, my reaction is for my safety. It's not for what I actually feel. So you might take that the wrong way. 
because I'm scared if I overreact, you're going to overreact, and then now I'm in trouble. So I'm going to react the safest way possible to get me out of this situation, mm. and that might mean more smiling, more flirting, to get out of this uncomfortable situation that I'm in, but that's not how I actually feel about you at all. Mm-hmm. I actually feel like I want to get away from you, right? So it's like, mm. let's, let's be conscious that like the way someone responds to your response may not be accurate, mm. especially if you've put them in a situation where you feel like you're creating physical dominance and you feel like you're creating powerful dominance. Then now I'm, I'm playing to your cards mm-hmm. because you've shown up here with physicality, with dominance. And I'm not being honest. I'm protecting my safety. I'm being safe. Mm-hmm. I'm making the smartest decision for me right now in this moment. And it's unfortunate because there's a woman out there that's like, I'll never be able to overcome that feeling. Every time I get put in that situation, I have to submit to whatever is happening mm. every day for the rest of my life. And so with power comes great, great responsibility. With mm-hmm. power comes great responsibility. And I think that we need to be accountable for our actions and we need to hold you know, our peers accountable for their actions. Um, and we, need to, we as good men need to actually dig deeper and figure out what makes us good men. Is it because we're actually good men and we respect women and we value women? Or is it because we step up for those women in times of need? Or is it because we're just here to protect our own ego still? And that's the reason why I actually don't want to do those things is because I'm worried about how this could make my empire crumble. Mm. Amen. Amen. And and just to finish uh, and to add to that, uh, just ask yourself questions. Simple, right? Ask yourself the questions. If you're... For me, the biggest thing that I had to take from this process is why is the hashtag or why, why was all of this, not even the hashtag, why was all of this triggering me? Why, why was it triggering me? Because I know I'm a good person. At least that's what I believe. That's what I feel like I've been trying to cultivate my entire life. But then this movement came out and I felt like I was being attacked. And so that triggered my ego, which I really had to do my best to put aside. But I what I didn't ask myself until I saw the less women hashtag was, why do I feel attacked? Like, what about this process personally, not as a collective whole, personally, why am I triggered right now? Because if I know I'm a good person, then that should, I should be not so triggered. I'd be like, you're right, 100%, but I was triggered, right? And then I had to recognize certain things like, you know, maybe there were moments in the past that you aren't recognizing right now that you didn't stand up for. And you didn't do what you think you always would have done or would do in the future. And your mind has changed and you've developed and you want to be better, but you weren't better. And that's hard for you to process. And again, that's the therapy concept, right? Get those things figured out. But you don't have to go to therapy. It's just ask yourself the question first for me was, why am I so triggered by this? What is this bringing up for me personally? Look at that and then create some sort of response that you feel better about that it's not coming from your ego because this hashtag not all men was just essentially an ego response it was i feel attacked so now i need to respond and attack back we don't need to attack back it's never two wrongs never make a right ever right so it's for me which is all about the learning process and so if i had anything to share is that I, i i empathize with the fact that a lot of guys believe in themselves and that they are great men Everybody who's listening right here, I empathize that you feel attacked. I empathize with you in, in this concept. But unfortunately, there's only so much empathy that can be given if you are not willing to do something about it and you are not willing to take the knowledge you now have, it's everywhere, and do something about it. 
Because once you know, I'm a firm believer in this, that self-awareness, right? Once you know, you know. If you didn't know before, that's fine. Once you know, you know. Now it's your responsibility to make better decisions. It's your responsibility as a human being. And so that's what I had to do with this. So um, that's what I... That's what I have. That's what I have on the, on the concept. I don't know if you want to leave them with anything to finish off. Yeah, one thing that came up for me while I heard in a video once it said, you know, withhold from having an answer to achieve a deeper state of understanding. And I feel like that's mm. with this statement. It's we're so quick to have an answer. Mm-hmm. Not all men. Mm-hmm. Hold it for a sec. Let's hold mm-hmm. that. Let's, let's try to achieve a deeper understanding for why, the, why are we saying less women first? Right. Then we can get back to not all men if that's what we actually believe. Right. Listen before you respond. Absolutely. And I, it's hard for women have to go, they have to, they have to go revisit traumatic experiences to explain even what happened. Some women don't even want to talk about it because it's so traumatic. Right. Some women talk about how, uh, you know, sexual assault, has led them to not be able to even have an intimate romantic relationship because it's, it's so triggering. So they have to put their whole life on hold because a man couldn't see his behavior as being, you know, disgusting. And so let's just, let's just, let's just withdraw answers. You know, if you don't, if you don't need to all lives matter, maybe hold that for a second. Cause mm-hmm. right now black lives matter mm-hmm. and not all men hold that for a second. Because right now, less women is what's more important. Amen. Amen. I love that. And not to, not to steal your thunder, something that just came up for me that I want to share is we give fire to a lot of these things too, right? We're, we're giving some, one person who is making this small little Kindle over here with sticks trying to make a fire. We're giving them gasoline. We're giving them the opportunity to make that fire a lot bigger than it needs to be. And so when these things come up, I think it's just important to just, like you said, listen, open yourself up and not give that gasoline because there's a bigger fire over here that we're, we're a part of and we're addressing and we're working through. And this little person over here at one point said not all men with a kindled stick and the whole world gave it ammo when he could have just been put to bed in that moment. Um, and so I think it's, you know, again, listening with intent to, to try to understand first and not giving every single tiny little comment in this world all the fire doesn't need to you know definitely thank you for joining us on another episode of the modern masculinity podcast if you haven't yet please download subscribe leave a review but most importantly if you took any value out of this episode or you enjoyed this episode please post and share with your close family and friends you can follow us at our online ig account which is at modern masculinity make sure the c is a k remember we're trying to represent the mask that men wear so at modern mask Unity podcast you can also follow us on our private socials mine is at coach kyle rushton and mine is anwar ahmed four and uh any kind of post share that you do helps us kind of build this community one listener at a time so we appreciate um, all your efforts and remember we're here with you and we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity until next time peace